Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com. Part of the Scout.com network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. Once again, I would like to thank you for listening to this podcast and helping to make the Locked On Podcast Network the fastest growing podcast network in the world. You can, uh, If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to this via iTunes and the Android app and check out the rest of the great Locked On network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and Locked On Redskins to get you ready for Sunday's game. And of course, please check out my work over at PackerReport.com. A little bit later in the show today, we're going, we're going to get into strength of schedule. We're going to look at the Packers Hall of Fame class of 2017 and a few things the Packers can hang their head on going forward. But first, it's first down and the Packers' lack of big plays. Now, there's one thing I know from you. And it's, it's when Coach Mike McCarthy mentions the word fundamentals and you can just hear the, or here, you can, you can see the eyes rolling through Twitter. I have a great Twitter app where I can see eyes rolling. So... <laughs> But I mean, I can, and, then, and then of course the all, all the comments come rushing in about fundamentals and face plant and or face palm and you know pad level and all that stuff. But McCarthy doesn't quite see fundamentals quite the same way as you do. And one of the things he looks at, he he calls big plays a fundamental of football, and that's one fundamental where the Packers are falling short. Um, here's what he said on Monday after the Titans game. He said, talking about the game in general, he said it got away from us. I felt like we were going to get it back. We didn't. So you can talk about big plays, and that's an area, particularly the last two weeks, our production, we're on the short end of that. They obviously made more big plays than we did, so those are the things that we're dialed into and really studying, not really studying, emphasizing the details of it, of the how and the why. So I, I did the math here this morning. Through nine games this year, and I, and, you know, I came up with some arbitrary numbers where I get a, a big play run is 15 yards, and a big play pass is 25 yards. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what McCarthy considers it. I don't know what you consider, but this is what I just put in some numbers. I went to Pro Football Reference. Green Bay's running game has had 10 rushes of 15 plus yards. That is tied for 18th most. Last year they had 26, and that was tied for seventh most. Obviously, Eddie Lacy um, here last year, even overweight as he was, Eddie Lacy. Um, versus no Eddie Lacy and you know the fact that the Packers have basically given up on running the ball are factors there. Big play passes. This year, again through nine games, they've got 15 passes of 25 yards. And that is tied for 23rd. Last year, for all the problems the offense had, they still had 39 big play passes. That was tied for second most in the NFL. So if you do the math, that puts them on pace this season for a total of 44 big plays on offense. Last year they had 65. So again, what what goes into that? Again, you know the the not having any Lacy a, a big issue. I mean, not not even have a running back for three weeks and, and basically giving up on the run for the last month plays a role. 
in that. And, you know, the, the lack of big play passes, you know, part of it, I think, is Green Bay is so predictable because they have to throw the ball all the time. That's part of it. And, and they just don't have a game breaker. I mean, Jordy Nelson's done well. But this is a new Jordy Nelson. I mean, this is not the old Jordy Nelson that we've grown accustomed to seeing. I've had to say it a thousand times. In 2014, he had more touchdown receptions of 59 yards then 30 of the other 31 teams had 59-yard receptions total. Never, never mind that they scored. I mean, just total 59-yard receptions. So Nelson had more touchdowns by himself than 30 teams had total 59-yard receptions among their entire roster. I mean, he was that dangerous and obviously has not delivered that kind of play this year. Um, Randall Cobb, that's not his game. You know, Devontae Adams has added an explosive element here of late, but... You know, in, in the big plays on, on the free, the big play free plays too have gone away too. I mean, he's Rodgers has gotten guys offside some, but you know, teams have taken away the big play element that they've been coached up. You, you guys better cover on a free play, and they have. So those are all coming to play there. So I thought I, I better go look at defense too. I thought again, fifteen yard rushes. The Packers have allowed eight. That's tied for eighth. Um, no surprise there. I figured you know that's about where you think it, where you thought they'd be. Maybe a little bit better even than that. Last year, they allowed 27. That's tied, that was twice tied for 28th. So, I mean, if there's one area on this team that, that they've improved on, it's that one. They've really eliminated the big play rushes. Now, the big play passes is a whole, is a whole other deal. They've allowed 21 uh, pass plays of 25-plus yards. That is tied for 26th. Last year, they allowed 29 all year. And that's tied for 9th. So, again... 21 this year through nine games versus 29 for all 16. You do the math there, they're on pace to allow 52 big plays. Last year they allowed 56, so they're a bit better there, but it's because the run defense has been so good, um, which has outweighed the bad of the pass defense. So, you know, again, if they're on pace for 52 big plays allowed, and they've, they're on pace to have 44, they're, they're, they put them on pace to be minus eight for the year. I mean, this is... This is a team that's known for big plays, and this is what they—it's the one—it's one of those fundamentals, as McCarthy calls it, that they've, that they've really dominated. Where you know you could you could where they would win games with big plays. I mean, they, they win them with big play touchdowns. They they you know I, I didn't I didn't even get into interceptions stuff here, but they're, they're way behind in interceptions and turnovers and takeaways. I and mean, those are all big plays. And you know Green Bay's way up on turnovers. I mean, they've got fourteen giveaways this year already, where they had fourteen giveaways total in 2014. So you look at the, the big play yardage plays, they're way off. And you look at the big play turnovers and they're way off. And it adds up to a team that's, frankly, the team is way off. This episode of Locked On Packers is brought to you by my website, PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview, the post-game numbers piece, and so much more. Packer Report members receive 10% discounts on tickets, 10% discounts on gear, and new or renewing annual members receive a year of Sports Illustrated, which is a terrific deal. Um, I received about, probably 10 or 15 emails from you guys since we had this SI deal um, saying what a great website we have. So I, I thank you for subscribing, and I thank you for the kind words there. And if your business would like to talk directly to Packers fans, you should be considering sponsoring this podcast. Packer, uh, Packer fans, as you know, are among the most loyal people on earth. And as you saw in last week's game against Tennessee, they spend money. We have a growing listenership, and I don't think listenership is a word, but if it is a word, we have it. Uh, we have a growing listenership, 
and great advertising rights. So you can talk to me via email at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for more information. And that takes us to second down in the state of the NFC North and the strength of schedule going forward. Obviously, if there's one silver lining here to all this, is the NFC North stinks. The Packers have lost three in a row and four to five, and they're four and four, three in a row and four out of five, and they are four and five. It's like almost like a tongue twister, especially this early in the morning on my first cup of coffee. Um, but the Vikings have lost four in a row. At one point, the Lions lost three in a row, and then they rebounded by winning three in a row because they had three in a row at home. So the NFC North, not good. The Packers, not good. Can the Packers catch up, though? I just had to start winning some games. So I, last night, I took a look at strength of schedule. Not entirely encouraging from that regard. Um, we'll, we'll start easiest to worst. The Vikings had the easiest schedule. A combined record for their seven opponents of 29 33 and 1, that is a 468 winning percentage. They play um, only two games. I'm not going to go over their whole schedule and bore you this year, sir. They only play two games against teams with winning records. They'd be Dallas 8 and 1, um, Detroit, as Mike McCarthy calls them, 5 and 4. I mean, look at that. I mean, playing 8 and 1 Dallas really skews that um, upcoming record, too. So the Vikings, an easy schedule if they can just figure out something. Detroit. A combined opponent record of 31 and 32 the rest of the way. That is a 492 winning percentage. They play three teams with winning records. Uh, Minnesota, 5 and 4 here in a couple weeks. Um, uh, here, yeah, I'm sorry. The Giants, 6 and 3, and Dallas, 8 and 1 back to back. So, again, that, that Dallas game really skews the record. It's a pretty easy record, a pretty easy schedule. Their last three games at the Giants. At the Cowboys, home to Green Bay. So the Packers can just hang in there. They got a shot. Hanging in there is going to be the problem. Green Bay's final seven opponents, a combined record of 34, 27, and 2. That is a 556 winning percentage. Um, while Minnesota plays two teams with winning records, Detroit plays three. Green Bay, six of their seven against winning records. We'll take this in order. Sunday night at Washington, 5, 3, and 1. Next Monday night at Philadelphia, five and four. Then home to Houston, six and three. Home to Seattle, six, two and one. At Chicago, which is two and seven. And then the NFC North swing of Minnesota at home, five and four. And at Detroit, five and four. So it is a big challenge for, for a team that's playing lousy football. The schedule is not easy either. So Green Bay Green Bay's got a a hell of a challenge going forward. But I mean they're Again, like I pointed out yesterday, the conference is there. I mean, sometimes you get a feeling. You know, I thought this last year when they were having struggling last year. They said all the right things. I just didn't believe it, and I ended up being wrong because they ended up beating the Redskins in the playoffs. But I thought going into that Redskins game that that these guys were toast mentally, and they and they had no prayer. And I thought it was a lot of empty words, but I was wrong. You know, this year I since they they truly believe they'll get it figured out. Um, David Bakhtiari from Monday. I don't think anyone envisioned this, but we've got everything in front of us still. I believe we're a game back in our division, so it could be worse. I think in 2013, no team in our division wanted to take it when Aaron went down. We were just trying to find a way to get a win, so this just kind of parallels that. Um, the problem here for the Packers, again, along with that schedule, is they, you know, Minnesota and Detroit, four home games apiece. Green Bay only three, and Green Bay's home games are against Houston, Seattle, Minnesota, 
Houston, Seattle outright, outright leaders of their division, and Minnesota a co-leader of the North. Nonetheless, Julius Pepper says, we're going to get it done. There's no reason to believe anything other than that. In this locker room, we know where we stand. We don't necessarily want to get caught up watching other teams and what they're doing. We're focusing on us, and we've just got to get a win. That's the bottom line. So how do the Packers get a win, and how do they get it turned around? Well, that's third down. Is what can this team hang their head on offensively? Offense or on the as a team, I should say, offensively. You know, this this comes with an answer. So I would say you can hang your head on the play of the old line. Center Corey Lindsley has come in and, and and has been really good. They they haven't missed J.C. Treader one bit. Um, right guard T.J. Lang another he was having another great year. We'll see his injury situation is again Mike McCarthy kind of a a grim warning after the game on Sunday about that. Um, about that uh, ankle injury not looking good. Um, so, and, and, you know, Lane Taylor's been pretty good at left guard. And you, then your tackles, right tackle Brian Balaga, having maybe his best year. And left tackle David Bakhtiari, probably having his best year. He left um, Sunday's game as well. So we'll, we'll see what his status is later today when we talk to Coach Mike McCarthy. You know, assuming the line is fine physically, you know, this is the group that can hang their hat on it, and they, they've got to play that group's strengths. Run the ball some. I mean, I think they've been foolish to just to say the heck with the running game. You got Starks back. Montgomery's averaging about six yards a carry. Run the ball some. Trust those guys. That you know what? You don't have Eddie Lacy, but your offensive line is good enough to give you some balance. So I mean, I, I would go that route. You know, and we got in the seconds in that in yesterday's podcast with the Titans, where you know what the Titans didn't run the ball well. When you get rid of that first carry, they averaged three yards a carry the rest of the game. So they didn't run it well, but they ran it so much that teams respected it. And right now, nobody respects Green Bay's running game. So I think Green Bay's got to run the ball. You know, especially especially if Lang is out or Bakhtiari is out, I think you really got to run the ball then. And you know, you know if it's uh, God, jeez, oh Don Barclay replacing T.J. Lang, I mean, you're getting a better run blocker than a pass blocker. So I, you know, I think you got to run the ball there, and I think you hang your head on that on that old line, regardless of the health of it. And, and you know, trust Aaron Rodgers to make the right decisions at the line of scrimmage, you know, when, when he's, you know, changing plays or, or this and that. You know, trust the line and trust Rodgers to get you into good plays, but you've got to run the ball. Defensively, it's the same thing. You hang your head on that run defense, which, you know, I've heard people, ah, they're exposed as a fraud again. No, I don't, I don't think so. Again, like I, like I just mentioned, they, they gave one long play and those plays count. Don't misunderstand, but, you know, what are the Titans average five yards a carry on Sunday? Well, if you average five yards a carry with a bunch of four-yard runs and six-yard runs and five-yard runs, that kills you. I mean, those are that, that's the running pass that kills you, allowing one long running play while bad, and you just certainly don't want to do it. In the grand scheme of things, at that point, it's seven to nothing, and your run defense slams the door from there. So, you know, I think that's what you hang your hat on. I think you can hang your hat on. That your run defense is good enough, you know, plenty good enough to get you into get your opponent into second and long and third and long, and at that point, well, <laughs> at that point, all bets are off, and we we just went through the big play passes, you know, the, the cornerbacks were all beat up, and the the pass rush is going away without Clay Matthews, but you know, win those rundowns, hope Clay Matthews gets back in here, and you, and you get Matthews and Perry in, in the pass rush returns with the return of Matthews, and you can get the pass defense. 
straighten out. Because, you know, as everybody knows, the, the best front of a cornerback is a great pass rusher, and they just have not had that. And that's really exposed all those backup cornerbacks that the Packers have been forced to use. And finally, where do you hang your head on on special teams? It's been a pretty gruesome year at times. Kicker Mason Crosby's had missed a couple kicks here on based on bad holes from Jake Shum, but you know at least Shum's putting the ball better. Gosh, I mean in, in the last three weeks alone, Green Bay has gone from thirty what thirty first in the league or no twenty eighth in the league in net punting up to like fifteenth. So they've really sorted the rankings because the punter's done very well. So I, I, I think I think punting the ball is something you can hang your hat on. You know Mason Crosby's Crosby, you can hang your hat on that. But boy, I, I don't, beyond that, I have no idea because your kickoff return unit or your kickoff coverage unit is horrible, and you've done nothing on returns whatsoever. And and Trevor Davis, the one guy who gave you a, a glimmer of a big play threat, you know, got benched last week after muffing a punt, which you know we talked about with, with special teams coordinator Ron Zook on Monday. He was interfered with, and, and there should have been a penalty he, because Davis gets a chance to complete that catch. And I know he bobbled it. But you don't just get to hit him after that. So there probably should have been a penalty there. But hey, you got to catch the ball. He, he looked tentative coming up to get that ball. It'll be interesting to see what the Packers do return-wise. If they go back to Davis or or what they do. But, you know, at least you got, you got a couple things on special teams. You know, at some point you've got to... What, really, what's killing you, I mean, you can deal with a bad return unit. That's fine. But you got you got to get that kickoff coverage unit fixed in a, in a hurry. Because you know it's gonna be harder and harder to kick touchbacks as the season gets longer and the and it gets colder and that ball gets harder to kick. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over three thousand hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get thirty dollars off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. And finally, fourth down, some good news. The Packers Hall of Fame announced their class of 2017. Donald Driver and cornerback Mark Lee. Donald Driver, a very brief wait to get into the Packers Hall of Fame. No surprise there. Driver, with a, with a terrific career, remember a seventh-round draft pick in 1999 out of Elkhorn State. Ends up as the franchise career leader with 743 receptions and 10,137 yards. 62 career touchdowns, ranks fifth all-time. In a very difficult position um, physically, he played in 133 consecutive games and played in 205 in all. Only Bart Starr can surpass that in franchise history. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And during a six-year stretch from, from 2004 to 2009, I mean, he was one of the best receivers in the NFL. 2004 to 84 catches, 86 in 2005, 92 in 2006, 82 in 2007, 74 in 2008, and 70 in 2009, and had six consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. And not only that, one of the most beloved guys who've come across this place in a long, long time. Um, just the personality, the smile. I mean, that's why he's got his own TV show now on the Oprah Winfrey Network, which you should go check out. It's called The Hero Effect. He, uh, Gosh, <laughs> go off on a tangent here, but you know, is there a need to have all these stupid, violent video game commercials when I'm trying to watch a football game with my kids? Just a thought. <laughs> you know, I'm watching the game, and I'm purposely watching the game 30 seconds behind 
So I can, you know, if there's if there's a, you know, I, if I can get to the commercial, I can quick hit pause or, or then hit pause and fast forward. Through, I should, I mean, or I can fast forward through it. It's horrible. Do we need to have shoot 'em up video game commercials? When I have a four and six year old kid watching football, that's neither here nor there. The hero effect on on the Oprah Winfrey Network is a feel good show of people doing good deeds, hosted by Donald Driver. A natural for that show. Talk about going off on a tangent. Um, meanwhile, a long wait for Mark Lee. Um, he played from 1980 through 1990, intercepted 31 passes, which ranks second among Packers cornerbacks in franchise history behind only Pro Football Hall of Famer Herb Adderley and ranks eighth in franchise history overall. Um, had six picks in 1981 and a career-high career nine in 1986. Um, so Aaron Popke hosted the conference call the, from the Packers PR staff, hosted the conference call, and Donald Driver quickly turned emotional. And I don't play audio of uh, like the players talking because the NFL forbids anything more than 90 seconds of video and audio for 24 hours, and I'm not going to go into the podcast and, and delete that stuff. But this is the Packers Hall of Fame, so I think I can get away with it here. Here's uh, Donald Driver's opening remarks from yesterday. You know, in 1999, when I got drafted by the Green Bay Packers, I could not have ever imagined myself going into the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Uh, <clears throat> it's, um, it's a true, true testimony of my... Uh, my journey on and uh, off the field. Uh, something that I can always look back and be able to tell my kids that they dad, um, they, he accomplished something great. Uh, sometimes words can't even express how, how you feel. Um, but it's truly been a blessing uh, to now be among the greatest players that have paved the way for us to play this game and to be among those great icons and legends is truly something special. And when you mention all these great legends like Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi, Curly Lambeau, Ray Nitschke, I mean, that list goes on and on and on. And now to be among some of those great guys that I've played with and had the pleasure uh, also playing against. Uh, it's something that I'll be able to cherish for a very long time. So, and then during Mark Lee's conference call, um, I asked him about his reaction to to getting to getting the announcement from the Hall of Fame. I mean, this, I mean his career has been over for twenty five years, and at some point you're probably thinking it's not going to happen. So here here's what uh here's what Mark Lee had to say about that. Yeah, I was uh you know like Donald mentioned, you just have to know when you're going to get that call and. Uh, you know, uh, I was one of those guys that uh, got the got the call pretty pretty late in my, you know, after I re- retired. Uh, but uh, I was stunned, to tell you the truth. Um, I always wanted to be in it. You know, uh, Donald mentioned you, know, you don't really think about it as you're playing, and uh, you know, even after you uh, retire for a few years, you, you still don't think about it. But you kind of sit back and look at your work that you've done there, and uh, you always, you know, kind of played in your mind that uh, did I do enough? Did I do enough to be able to to um, to, to get that honor? And uh, it's always in the back of your head. And 
uh, I was just so excited that, uh, you know, I was kind of speechless at the time, and I just said to myself, you know, ball my fifth up, said, yes. I finally got that call. Uh, you know, like Donald said, every player wants to get that call, and, and a lot of them don't. So uh, I'm very honored and, uh, and actually blessed to, to be able to, uh, to receive that. And I truly want to thank the, uh, the Packer Hall of Fame committee for uh, considering me uh, the work that I've done here was good enough to be in there with those great players. Driver and Lee are the 158th and 159th players in the Packers Hall of Fame, and they will be inducted at Lambeau Field on July 22nd. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Once again, be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network and to check out my work over at PackerReport.com. A gigantic thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.